0: Way to come on hot, man. <laughs> you got to wow. come in hot. Yes. You got to yes. bring the thunder. Oh, man. So, so, many, uh, so many good memories as a kid growing up. Watching those guys just come out of the bullpen in left field. Just knowing, like, me like and a Cubs fan, you've suffered through many, many, many losing seasons. And, you know... I remember a lot of close classes where the, the other teams bring that guy in. And it's like, oh, shit, you know it's over. Oh, man. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, sir. We are going high volume, high velo today, talking about relievers. Who used to
1: come sprinting out? I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but who, who comes sprinting out hot and heavy? Oh, as hard it, as they I, can. I'm trying to don't, think. Don't
0: steal Melanson wine. doesn't Melanson come running out? I don't know. I'll tell you what, I got a throwback I for think you about this. Well, let's address our audience first. Okay, oh, good, okay. good morning, guys. This is Jason. I'm Jay. Fantasy Baseball. I have kids in the house. We got a rocking show rock and rocking, loading. I can't, I can't do this. I've not had <laughs> Me either. All right. We got a good s- show for you guys. You guys better pay attention today. We're talking
1: uh, about relievers today.
0: And then we got a couple special guests coming on
1: a little bit later on. Yes. So please stay tuned. Some co-owners in that – co-owners, not co- co-owners. Fellow, fellow owners in both of our fantasy baseball leagues. So these guys share our passion for fantasy baseball and – then, you know, oddly enough, I I would have thought that both of them. I think I I wanted to say one of them, but I think both of them maybe haven't been doing fantasy baseball quite as long as we have. Um, I think Jeff said he was a little later to the game with uh, fantasy baseball, but that he does like every sport. Like he just yeah. loves fantasy sports, period. And he's learning to love baseball. I'm he so said excited. Go that, but any any. I would have thought he was in love yeah, with it yeah. years ago, you know, a couple yeah. years ago. So, but it, anyways,
0: and Chuck... Jeff, I'm going to say this, and Jeff will hear this later when he listens. If, given Jeff's track record and the personality I know of him from playing against them, if Jeff was a, like, a position, like, in fantasy baseball, he would be a closer, hands down. Yeah, I really feel like it because Jeff comes at area. you, and you guys will see later on. Jeff comes at you hard and fast, guys, and sometimes uh, huh, sometimes his control can be a, a bit erratic, but more often than not, he's he's going to like blow gas by he you, and you're, you're yep. not going to know what hit you. He's got the cheese. So, Anyways, we're done with our cheesy analogies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about some of some, uh, the relief pitcher landscape in regards to deep category leagues. Again, our specialty. Um, Jay and I are going to throw some numbers at you. We, we are not ranking people one-off today. Uh, this, is, this is the one position in our preview breakdown where we've got them subdivided into categories. And when I say categories, I mean we labeled... Label them and to be honest, I'm going to let Jay go first, but I'll get into what what we're looking for in relievers. But we – for the purposes of keeping this show not three hours long, we've got 50 names and I feel like this is a good halfway point for for talking about the bullpen arms that you can deploy because – some teams are okay with two to three relievers. Other teams prefer to run out five or six relievers. I tend to be on the deeper side. And so a relief pitcher talent is something to be had all over the draft and on the free agent wire. So without further ado, Jay, I'd, li- I'd like to uh, introduce my most memorable childhood closer. Okay. That is Mr. Rod Beck, <laughs> that that uh, mullet, that curly mullet, that oh man, that big mustache, beer gut running on. If Mr. Beck yourselves listen to this, I mean, I mean, no shame, you know, you rock that beer gut. He was ahead of his time. Oh man, so you,
1: Andrew Chafin, is about the only guy I can think of right now that's got a mullet that even compares to. Something like that.
0: How many teams did that guy close for? Cubs, that... Giants. Oh, I really enjoyed as a kid watching that guy. Sorry. Little uh That's little a transition. There. Mustache. It is. Mustache. Are you looking at it? I mean
1: I'm just looking at this
0: <laughs> Yeah, don't <laughs>
1: this do it. Instagram?
0: It's story. story
1: is talking about how he's 29 years old in this picture, but he looks like he's 48 years old. Yeah, he sure does. He pulled it up like crazy. Born in 1968 in Burbank, California.
0: So you know, there you go. That yeah, tells you everything I, I, you need to know. I think we could uh, get ourselves in trouble here and making some jokes. I, I think we'll we'll probably tra- we'll use this as a transition to about talk mustache. To. I mean, mustache flavor saver. Well, I was seeing like... Know, Jay, you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> you yeah, uh, I set this you're up. You're going to get right.
1: me in trouble, Jason. All, all right, right, let's
0: go. Let's go with this show because we got some special guests coming on later. All right, all right. Yeah, so, we gotta get Jay, going. I'll start with you. When you are looking at relievers, whether it be at the draft table or on the free agent wire, um, and without asking you to tip your cap too much, what... What are some of the things that you're looking for in a reliever? Well, I'm going to
1: tip your cap too much because I think you pretty much nailed it with your uh, list here. Of so what do you want to say for, this is what
0: we're both looking for in a reliever? I
1: would say so. I mean, I, I'm i looking – I'll tell you what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the minuscule ERA and whoop. whoop. I have I got to keep working on this coffee. Whip, you know, and, I, and I, um, I'm looking for a lot of usage, you know, hopefully a lot of innings. I'm looking for a real high strikeout ratio um, if I can get it. Uh, I think in the in – the historically, and we talked about this a little last year on the podcast, how, you know, the, the, the guys who were the <clears> – <throat> going into the highest leverage situations no matter what inning it was – Uh, were becoming incredibly valuable in fantasy. Now you look at this year's list of relievers and our top, you know, 15 to 20, there are more what we would say outright closers in this year's list. But I'm still looking for the same, um, you know, hopefully a lot of usage, great ratios, high strikeout rate, um, and, you know... I'm looking for that fuel on that fire and I'm looking for that guy who's lights out, right? Like you said, like, and there is, there is a difference between, you know, the guy who's just lights out that everybody knows, like, it's over, man.
0: There is, there truly is. And, you know, um, I, I, to your lights out sentiment, I will say, this is kind of the story of relievers. Like, I know there's not very many of them in the Hall of Fame because, They come and they go And they were like here and they are gone Just like
1: Obviously in today's world There's more guys throwing 100 miles per hour Right so there's more of that There's even more Of the lights out mentality Like um, you know Can I speak to how someone did that In the 1970s and 1980s As well or 1990s whatever Um, As well as I can The last couple decades in baseball No but I mean, it was similar, but now these guys are throwing 97 to 100 miles an hour. Huge. And we're going to talk about that a little bit with some of these guys on this list. We
0: are. One last thing I want to sneak in before I start talking about specifically what I'm looking for in the here, As you mentioned, guys coming in and throwing 100. Like, that's not nothing. That's huge. It's not nothing. However... I mean, you
1: see what these teams...
0: However, to
1: get a collection of these guys, right? I mean, as many of those guys,
0: basically, as you can get, you know. Yes, but however, that's a double, I shouldn't transition like that. However, if you're throwing 100 miles per hour, you better have movement, because flat 100 miles an hour, these hitters are going to knock that thing out of the park. It's true. We can talk long.
1: about this a little bit we, with some of these you know, guys uh, and their
0: fastball usage. You know who comes to mind with that? Who? I know this is not a reliever, but Dylan Bundy, Dylan Bundy never lived up to his potential because his four-seamer was just straight flat, straight playing wherever it was going. It was like a meatball. And, uh, you know... Yeah, it, this, this, what you're talking about bears
1: itself out in the numbers in a couple of these guys, okay, statistics over the last couple of years. So we we can... Um, there is definitely a conversation to be had about that. You know, that's why
0: sliders get so many batters out, right? You get four seamer, high below a little bit of movement. Take a couple ticks off the below, all of a sudden you got something whipping across the plate, like on a like a diagonal. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna get you every time, almost. Yeah, I mean, you got a couple of these
1: guys throwing sinking fastballs that are out of this world fast. You got some guys throwing. You got Camilla Duvall throwing a hundred mile an hour cutter. Yeah, that again. You know, he's a guy who talking about cutter. Um,
0: you know, there's that a couple whip, guys. You want,
1: some of these guys, it's like you, you, you want to see this whip. Like you start, I start to get a little worried. You know.
0: Yeah. Um, well, let's start blow. Well, let's wide here, Jay. Like. I wrote down five things I'm looking for in a reliever. And I think, Jay, I think it sounds like you, you agree with me, by and large, for the most part. Um, so it goes like this. For those of you out there drafting, whether you're in a 10, 12, 15, 16, 20, 24-team league, whatever. Uh, this is, again, more catered towards the 15, 16, 20, 24-team leagues. But this also does work, does play in a shower for Format. Number one, I'm looking for results. I want guys to get going to get saves if you play in a league with holds, which we do. A lot of deeper leagues do. I want guys are going to get holds. And I also want I don't put no stock in the relievers out of the history of getting wins. Because those that means that the managers trust them in high leverage situation. So that's number one. I want relievers that are going to get results. Number two... As When I look at my relievers, you've got to have a whip, walked hits, printing pitch, lower than 1.2. You know, if your whip's going to be 1.2 or higher, and there are a few on here, you better have something else to bring Mm -hmm. to the table because, you know, relievers are only in for so many innings, so you've got to have the most impact that you can get in that little amount of time. And if you're walking people and that whip is too high... Your value decreases greatly. So you got to have a, a whip, in my opinion, lower than 120. Uh, number three, K per nine above a K in inning. Or at least, at the very least, at a K in inning. I want to see my. If by guy's in for one inning, one in two thirds, two innings, he better have the strikeouts to equate to the innings that he's pitching over his whole body of work. Because that shows me he has multiple ways of getting guys out, you know? Right. I worry the guys who have less than a, a strike up or nine rely on too much pitch to contact. And when you're yes. pitching in a high-leverage situation later in the game, if you... I mean, don't get me wrong. That pitch to contact is a valuable tool. Getting
1: Absolutely. those ground
0: balls, having a high ground ball rate is a very important tool. Yeah, However, they just don't it,
1: tend to stay in the highest of leverage yes. roles. It's not a sustainable... Yes,
0: yes. Because... because you know, in those situations, if you're there are reliant. There to that. But,
1: yes, yes,
0: they are. But if you're reliant on getting those grounders and you don't have to strike out of Arsenal, then you're, you know, batters are going to recognize that and you're not going to be successful. Uh, number four, I want relievers who pitch on good teams. This kind of ties into number one. Relievers who pitch on good teams, and it doesn't have to be the best teams in baseball, i.e. the Dodgers or the Braves or the Astros, Uh, but just teams that are going to win over 80 games, so uh, at least a team that you can reasonably project to go 500, so that way they have enough chance to get volume and results, and then finally, number five, I want relievers who are... I'm looking for a reliever every year. Maybe a couple because it takes a while to find out the one that I want. But depending on the league you play in, there's SP spots, there's RP spots, and there's P spots on your roster. If you've got... Your RPs and your P's full of relievers, sometimes it helps to have a relief pitcher with starting pitcher eligibility who you know isn't a starter, but he might be throwing bulk innings and is a good chance to get a result. I like to have relief pitchers who have starting pitcher eligibility. So those are the five things that I'm mainly looking for in relievers. That being said, I had fun. I found 50 relievers that I would hold in high regard, and I'm sure that there's several others that belong in this list, but we don't have the time of the day to talk about over 100 relievers today. So I picked out 50 and just kind of broke them at, down into some groups. Uh lockdown RP1, RP1 with results, and we'll go on and so forth. You know, and there's some strikeout specialists, some whip specialist, and then your standard RP2s. The firemen. And the firemen, yeah. Right I tried right to right identify... Right. The way I looked at this, Jay, ranking these... Like, not ranking, but collecting these 50 names, I chose 50 names that, depending on how deep or shallow your bullpen was, I would feel at least satisfied with my first two RP spots. Yeah, yeah. So in other words, some people may want some of these guys and their RP3, 4, 5. I'm just trying to give you a solid baseline for at least your first two really pitcher spots with these 50 names.
1: Yeah. Yeah, in your shallow leagues, you can you can fill an entire bullpen with these names. In oh, your yeah, deeper yeah. leagues, you know, the work goes on all year long. Uh, where you're looking for dependable relievers, high leverage relievers, and that changes, obviously that you know changes and ebbs and flows for each team and, and people lose their jobs and people get injured and people, what? you know, all this stuff. So um, obviously it's a con- continual work in, in progress, your bullpen, especially in these deeper leagues. Yeah, oh yeah.
0: So, that being said... What do you think about this list I'm creating here, Jay? You want to kind of? How do you want to attack this? You want to? Well, <clears throat> I know <noticed throat> I mean, you have some stats written.
1: Down I there. have compiled 2022 and 2023 stats for most of the guys near the top of your list. So as we go through some of these names, I'm gonna I'm gonna <clears throat> pick apart some of these statistics a little bit and see what we can. Um, figure out about some of these guys if they meet these demands that you're looking for in a reliever because you know one of the things that sticks out here is some of the guys at the top of this list to be honest with you like you know there's some glaring things there where you know some of these guys have way, way better ratios some of these guys have way better strikeout ratios than than some of the other guys so I'm gonna I'm gonna I know these aren't ranked in in priority order for you, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna push back on you a little bit and see if you really think that you know. Oh, I I'm got gonna you. I'm gonna make you try to rank them a little bit. I love this. I love this. Thank you. You know what? And one of the first things that comes to mind is like, yeah, are we playing on a good team here? Like, who's gonna who's gonna get the most
0: saves out of Duran and
1: Emmanuel Class A? You hey. know,
0: that's a L- with, Fair that, with that here, being said, let's talk about these relievers. I've got in this first category. So, uh, I start off with what I like to call lockdown RP one. Now, look, these are categories that are fluid. Some relievers are going to fall out of this category. Some relievers are going to work their way into this category. But when I say lockdown RP one, I'm talking about the guys that had any format, even the shallowest format. These are the aces of your bullpen. Without hesitation, these are the pillars of the relief pitcher pool. Um, I'm not ranking them, you know, one off, so I will just say their name, but this is in no way, shape, or form uh, indicative of where I rank them amongst this grouping of players. It's just the players I have as lockdown RP1. So. Edwin Diaz, Joe Duran, Devin Williams, Emmanuel Clase, Pete Fairbanks, Josh Hader. That's my initial lockdown RP one. So Edwin
1: Diaz, as we all know, uh, last year in the World Baseball Classic had the torn patellar tendon. I believe it was the freak injury after in the during the celebration and. um... You know, basically didn't didn't pitch at all in in 2023. I don't know. Maybe there was a couple innings in September or something when he finally got healthy. But anyway, I think he essentially was did working not, his way back yeah,
0: from a minor yeah. league. Uh, I'm, I'm not even not, sure if he got it. They, the, basically, the Mets were out of it, and they could have brought him back, but they chose not to. Right, so he and they did the good, not pitch. The, so the good news is
1: he was basically healthy by the end of last season. Yes. He's had a full off season here. Um, Anything else you want to say about this guy? I mean, what else is there to say? And if you go back to twenty twenty two, talk about minuscule. He's ERA got one. The, and he's whip. got
0: one of the biggest contracts for relievers out there. So I mean, right? I you mean, there's based on money, money. Right? Pays. I mean, if
1: you want job security, this is yeah. your guy, right? So yeah. in twenty twenty two, he had a one point three one ERA. A whip of point eight four. There you go. Right there. strikeouts in sixty two innings. That's
0: what you two. want. Who cares K's about the ERA? Inning. The ERAs are flukish and team dependent. But that whip. Repeat that again. Point eight
1: four. And he had a .84
0: innings. whip over how many innings? Sixty two innings. And how many strikeouts? One hundred and eighteen. So sixteen times two is one hundred twenty. Yeah. He basically had an eight, 18 almost an 18K per, K per nine. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. Even for a enough reliever,
1: said. that's, you know.
0: Enough said. Enough said. And that's what you want. That's why he's he's in this tier.
1: Uh, grouping. Sorry. So you, you've got uh, Duran next on your list. I know these aren't ranked, but just to look at his last couple of years stats, okay? In 2022, he, in 62 innings, 62.2 innings, he had a 1.86 ERA, a .98 whip. Pretty awesome. Uh, 89 strikeouts in 62 innings. So uh, in that year, he had eight saves and 18 holds. Last year, in 2023, a 2.45 ERA, 1.14 whip, 84 strikeouts in 62 innings, 27 saves and only one hold. So pretty much only exclusively used in save situations in 2023. Um, hold the fourth
0: though. This is what I want to say about John Andron With John Duran, what amazes me the most, do you know that he throws 104 miles per hour? He had more over 100 mile per hour pitches I don't have the stat in front of me. I was reading it the other day. But he had, I believe, the most 100-mile-per-hour-plus pitches in baseball last year. And this goes... On a on a per-inning basis, I think. Yes.
1: This goes to the point of the excellence of MLB hitting and how... Do, you can throw 104 and still your ratios can go up still you can in these safe situations you are going to give up some hits you're going to give you know give up some and not not i mean he's so, he's excellent obviously but it just kind of goes to the point of you better have some movement on that you better have a few pitches you better have a few ways to get guys out i mean the the league will adjust and will do better against you, but he's still done great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with these ratios. So really. he plays
0: for an analytically driven franchise, and the Minnesota Twins. And I love what they lean into. It's oh my god, Pablo Lopez. I'm I'm going to drool over talking about him on our SP uh, podcast because this is what the Twins are doing. They're taking very, very talented pitchers, and they're getting the best out of them. Uh, we're going to talk about this later again, but there's a few other franchises that have really tailor-made this, this fine art, and uh, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. If you pitch for the Rays, the Dodgers, the Braves, the Twins, or the Mariners, you get as many of those starters and relievers as you can on your team because those five franchises, those five ball clubs, they know pitching. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Juan Duran's numbers may have regressed a little bit. I mean, you're talking mid-school regression here. He was used as a fireman more in 2022 and 2023. You're right; he was used more exclusively as a closer, but he is kind of that hybrid reliever that can do that and you know i believe his walk rate increased just a little mm-hmm. bit Not, it wasn't bad by any means but when you're throwing gas like that and and you you get a few walks you got to change something when you have runners on base and ultimately you know that probably yeah. knocked in a few more runs on them and there you go that's yeah. the difference between a 170 or and a 2-4 which they're both elite Right. So,
1: yeah, when you're talking about like, giving up home runs, like those ratios change like that. And yeah. then when you're throwing 103, sometimes you're going to say, here, hit this. Yeah. Hit this, buddy. Um, okay, so next on your
0: list. <laughs> is- let's just go through these names because obviously, you know what, there's a stat that pops out to you. We'll say it. But again, I'm going to cover these fifty names and get to our, our special guest. But we might have to include them as part of it. Devin Williams talk about
1: minuscule ERA in twenty twenty three. He had a one point five three WHIP point nine two, or I'm sorry, one point five three ERA .92 WHIP, eighty seven strikeouts and in fifty eight innings, thirty six saves and no holds. So exclusively a closer at this point. As we know throughout his career, he's kind of transitioned from the the second best guy in the bull t- bullpen to being just the outright you know closer in his in his bullpen. So. Um, Just the excellent ratios
0: But yeah, no I totally agree with you on that You know, it'll be interesting to see If he stays with the Brewers Now that they've traded Corbin Burns You know If the Brewers are gonna unload him and some others But he is definitely No matter where he goes he He is a lockdown RP1 in my opinion Uh I think the rest of this goes without saying. Class A, Fairbanks, hater. You know what you're going to get with them. They are elite. Yeah, I mean... Anything you want to push back?
1: Well, you know, with Class A, there's the, the strikeout rate isn't as high as with some of these other guys. So in his ERA, I don't want to say balloon, but it went up to 3.2 what after... What was his whip? It, it went from 0. .73 in 2022 to 1.16 in 2023. And, and the ERA went from 1.3 to 3.2. So, you know, and the strikeout rate um, went down a little bit. He pitched 72.2 innings in both seasons. Was there something in his contract about going to 73 <laughs> innings? I had to ask myself that with a couple of these guys you know, because the of just, where they stopped.
0: My justification on Class A is simple. Like, he meets criteria for getting results. He's probably your most bankable results saves guy on the yeah, on the forties because the way the way Cleveland uses him, he is not only exclusively a closer, he is your '90s version of the exclusive closure closer. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, some of those guys you're talking about
1: these like for me the part of the problem with Hader and and even as we get in the this next list with with Jordan Romano is like. Um, their usage, um, but Class A's got plenty of innings, like we said, which I'm, you know, over seventy innings is is better for me than fifty something. You're paying this much for a guy. Is it it your RP
0: one or your RP three? Because if I get a fifty inning guy, what did you say? Edwin Diaz had 118 strikeouts and 62 innings, so. You know, relievers can be, and that—that's a right. That's you're making exception. up for
1: it when, but, you're, when you're ha- yeah. your ratios are like that,
0: relievers sure. can be very effective with 50 innings of work. They just got to stand out somewhere. Sure. Um, but let's go down to this next list of players, this next group. So we have. How
1: about Hater's off year in 2022, where he had a. ERA over 5 so, and a there whip was,
0: of 1.3. There was reports that he had a lot of personal issues going on at home. He also got traded. Sure. That was sure. the year he got traded, right? That's Yes. Gonna, that's going to fuck with anybody. Sure. You know? Absolutely. Uprooting uh, your family and going yeah. from one point. Especially yeah. if you're going through some stuff. 36 saves during that him. season, so, you know. Still, yeah, st- still bankable. I actually think, um, and now that he's with Houston... Houston, I didn't include them in those five franchises that no pitching, but they're they're close. They're on that next grouping of of ball clubs that are good with their pitching. Uh, but that's a close-knit group of their management and their their coaches and the front office. They they work well together, so I have a feeling that Josh Hader is going to settle in right at home there. And I think you're going to see a major bounce back season from him. Not that we need to. Uh, next group of players, RP1 with results. So these these also are pitchers that I would label as potential RP1s. Not potential. I would feel comfortable with these this group of players as my relief pitcher 1 in any format. They're not the standouts the previous group was, but they're going to get your results. So I'll just go through these names really quick. Uh, we got Andres Munoz, Ryan Helsley. Brian Helsley, Evan Phillips, Tanner Scott, 110. you know Tanner Scott had 104 strikeouts with a .99 whip last year like where did he come from he was there i mean they they, they continue they to on
1: him. right they they they've kept trying to throw him into the high leverage situations and 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 rely on him like they they've given him i feel like opportunity after opportunity um, and it's finally paying off so and i think that's for me I, when i when i look at that i realize like okay this guy is good you know that they when they look at him they see the, the the you know, the coaching staff and the scouts and the whoever, they know that this guy is good. They know what they're seeing, they know he's good, and so I, I like that. You know, that's a that tells you something when you keep getting put in that situation and it finally pays off. It
0: did. Yeah. It did. It, and it paid off big time. Mm-hmm. Um so the also in this group, uh, Rice Hell Iglesias, David Bednar, Camilla Duval, Jordan Romano, and Clay Holmes. Now as I was looking on my fifty, this is kinda of where it stops of what I'm comfortable with as my RP one. Uh some others would differ, but I feel like if you can get a picture from one of these two groups to be your If you, if you can get a pitcher from one of these two groups as your RP one, then you are uh, then you're doing pretty good. So any anything about this? Uh, a lot. I don't
1: know. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. There is. Uh, you know, a couple of these guys have dealt with injuries. You got Munoz who. I mean, it's it's interesting to me that there are questions right now about whether I, – I feel like Munoz, look at the bullpen. Like, isn't he going to be mostly a closer? Like, he's going to get the lion's share. Like, there's this, all these questions about – how many of the save opportunities he's going to get, and it's it goes back to what you said that these are analytics driven teams that it ju- it just depends if they decide they're going to put him in high leverage situations no matter what you could be looking at more of a mix.
2: Well, they got um, one other guy. There a little bit later
1: on in my list that I'm identifying that might. Take last some year saves. he was, and and last year he was split. Uh, Basically evenly between the yeah, Paul was
0: on the team. Right, exactly. And Paul Seawald Right, he's gone. He's in Arizona it, now. It's so him I, and Matt Brash. Right. And, Who? And I think they like Brash in the eighth and Munoz in and the ninth. I think but so yeah, too. They're, he's they're transitioning to... from – Brash has not been – he's
1: not established in that role yet. He will be, but we, he's been transitioning from – you know, starter to reliever in the in the major leagues and maybe in the yeah. minor leagues
0: as well. That but knuckle curve is pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. He's got to get those walks under control. Now. All right, are we trying to bring our guests on the air I right think, now? I think right, right now doing? would be a good time to bring our guests in because we're we're breaking from the RP ones and the guys that are closer to RP twos or specialists. So. Um. But, yeah, anyways, as as we do that, I I do want to hit on this next subgroup right here. We have our firemen. Um, Guys performing really well. Uh, Brian Abreu, Matt Strom, Reynaldo Lopez, and Jose Alvarado. Four guys. Lots to digest there. These guys are the guys... Now there's more firemen than just these four, but I I like these four in fireman roles because you can see them in the seventh, the eighth, or the ninth, and they're throwing gas. Or could you see them as a
1: starter? What is going on with Reynaldo Lopez? You know there was a couple of big sources that were saying they're going to stretch him back out as a starter when he came to Atlanta. I think that's a mistake. I think he's finally got to where he could be so effective in this in this high leverage relief role. But they were talking about that. Now, what's changed? I don't know. I was trying to read the headlines like last night and today and see like what has changed between November and now because that's what they were talking about. I think it's probably a mistake. I think in it, in it, one of the things I looked at with him was, you know, as a starter a few years ago, which, you know, he's we know he's transitioned kind of over the last couple of years from starter to reliever. He's he's done both in some of these seasons, but as a starter, his fastball average velocity in the 95s. In 2022, as a reliever, fastball average velocity 97.1. In 2023, it was 98.2. This guy throws freaking gas. Yeah, it's kind of it, like
0: what it, Blake it, Snell would do in the playoff back in that 2020 right. Kobe season when they were like, We'll we'll just max you out for four innings and we'll go to the bullpen. Because when when guys are able to just make shorter stents, then they can throw harder.
1: Yeah. And he Um, is perplexing because, like, he's had brief periods of success as a starter and even been able to go six, seven innings in a
0: game. I agree with Jay. But he's also gotten, like,. I think Reynaldo Lopez needs to be mostly a bullpen arm. But. Are we doing video
1: or. Just calling them. I know that our viewers obviously can't see them on video whatever you want yet. to do Bob. don't have Man, the just technological capabilities
0: the for this yet. But let's just get these guys on. While we're getting them on though, I wanna say something. This is a statistic. And if they interrupt me, that's fine. We'll do but Maybe did you we know FaceTime videos so that we
1: so that you can tell who's talking? Yeah, that's fine. Hey, good morning. Look at this guy. Now wait, can we get? you What? Uh, Whoa! Well, I could a minute ago. Let me see here. I gotta get on. We're having some technological. I gotta get on Facetime here. Now you guys might not be able to see us because, well,
0: yeah, you you might just see the top of my garage.
1: We want the we want the listeners to be able to hear you guys. So I'm putting your, you know. In. Do you want to see us? I don't even know if I have my video on. Oh, well, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, to us, it's like, we probably know who's talking, but...
0: Yeah, but let's introduce you guys to our audience. So, without further ado, we got uh, Chuck and uh, Jeff. Hello. Good morning, guys.
1: Say hello to our viewers in Brussels, Belgium. I'm just
0: kidding. (laughs) I just just keep going back to that. Hey, uh, guys... I was about to throw a random stat out there. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Awesome. Um, Okay, so Jay and I just kind of went through relievers, who we feel comfortable as, like our RP1. And we we came in this little subgroup of firemen. Uh, And uh, one of the names in there was Reynaldo Lopez. And I've got a stat for you guys. Do you guys know who the uh, first offseason transaction was each of the last three years in all tell of baseball?
3: Reynaldo Lopez.
0: What, that was this year. How about the previous two years? Any guesses? first. Huh? I couldn't tell you I'm busy winning
1: basketball. I'm sorry? He, he's busy <laughs> winning fantasy basketball.
0: Okay. At that point in the year. He's already yeah, touched. No, that's true because... Because these transactions happen right around Halloween or a little after. So, in 2022, the first major – we'll say major because Meyer league moves up all the time. In 2022, the first major season transaction was Andrew Haney oh, wow. being signed to okay. the Dodgers. Oh, wow. Now, the Dodgers worked wonders for him that year, and he turned that into a big contract with the Rangers next year. In 2023 So last Not Yeah In 2020 No I'm sorry I'm sorry guys So Haney got signed In the 2021 Fall For his 2022 performance So The first off-season Transaction In 2022 Leading into 2023 Was Zach Eflin The Rays? Yeah and so for this year that first off transaction was Randall Lopez for the Braves.
1: It definitely says something, you know, the last couple of years we've seen how, you know, let's call it quality starting pitching or you know Um, your workhorses and your guys who can throw at least 150 innings those guys are extremely valuable in baseball right now you see these guys making 10 to 20 million dollars a year Um, you know the the better ones obviously it's even more but yeah those guys are extremely valuable in baseball and there are only so many of them right you got to sign those guys like right now you've got Jordan Montgomery is an example of you know is he a is he the, the very best, you know, starting pitcher in baseball? No. He's one of the free agents that's available right now and somebody's gonna somebody's gonna make their team significantly better by signing him.
0: Well yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's one of those teams that we talked about earlier, Jay. Like what I'm gonna say right. the reason I threw that stat because at you utilize him the very best. Not just like, oh my gosh, okay, so Andrew Haney signed, great year. He was the first transaction. All right, Zach Kemplin signed, first transaction, great year. Now, this is what I'm getting at. A few years ago, when Haney signed, who did he sign with? It was the Dodgers. The Dodgers signed him so early in the offseason that they were able to have the whole offseason to work with him to change some things with his repertoire. Who signed Eflin? The Rays signed Eflin. The Rays had a whole offseason to work with his repertoire. Who signed Reynaldo Lopez? The Braves. These are the teams again: the Braves, the Dodgers, the Rays, the Mariners, the Twins. To some respects, the Astros that have a known track record of being able to take pitchers and like take take the good and really make it shine. Okay. Can I chime in real quick, Jason?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. please. Please do. Didn't they talk about stretching him out when they signed him? That's what they I
0: just did, said. And they still are. That's
1: what I just said, and I'm trying to figure. I've been trying to look for headlines, more recent ones. If if they're going to do that, can they successfully do that, Chuck? Uh, they could
3: turn him into a like you were saying, um,
1: like maybe like a two to three inning guy. You know, I agree. they try- and the he's fringe. done that. Yeah, he's done that with the White Sox too. And he and like I said, he's had periods of success where he's been able to go out there and throw
0: quality starts to but throw six or seven innings. To Chuck's credit, I think Chuck's got a hammer on the nail. If Renato Lopez for the Braves, with that vaunted offense and their really deep pitching, is throwing two to three innings, he's going to throw more often, which is going to lead to accumulating wins and and holds, you know, and mm-hmm. strikeouts and good ratios. I mean, right? Is that what we're going for? I mean, I hope that he doesn't win the fifth starter job and start starting every five days. It, I reminds, think that me was,
3: of, it reminds me of Nick Pavetta towards the end
1: of last year. Yeah. Wow. You know, know I, I had him to to like he didn't get the
3: start, but, man, when he came in, he was
1: lights out. I agree with you. I feel like in the starting role as an outright starter, I just don't know if it's sustainable as a to be real successful you know but in that middle
0: role yes absolutely hey um so guys i don't want to bore you you know we asked you to come on air for a reason we, you know i know it's early and and uh, we're not all the early birds or have had enough coffee but you guys made a major trade yesterday in in our uh, fantasy premier league and uh, I, I want to get your guys' take on how you're feeling the morning after making a move like that. Can give well, me a- I would just like to thank you, Jason, because through you, all things are possible.
2: I right? agree. This trade <laughs> involved four players that. I you think one on
3: Jason or Jason was pursuing, he also brought us together in the text thread when he made, oh he made an God. offer on Juan Soto Wow! in the text thread with me and Jeff. And then Jeff texts me on the side and he's like, hey, what do you think about doing something around uh, Trout and Snell? And I was like, hmm. and he
0: Wow. <laughs> oh, you're off was my hey. first offer. My first offer. Soto for Trout, Snell, Diaz.
2: and then he needed
1: to shape it after that. I just want to take a little bit of credit for making this possible by drafting Tim Anderson over Blake Snell in <laughs> last year's draft. What a dumbass move that was! Hey, um, where
3: he- have you been this offseason?
1: Where have I been? I'm curious. Oh, where where, Tim Anderson or me? Tim, you? Oh, me. He's talking about me. I've been. Oh man, I don't know. I've been so the lab
2: like Dr. Dre. What's
1: going on? Kind kind (laughs) of. I mean, not with baseball. I mean, I would love to say I've spent all this time like trying to figure out. Now I'm desperately trying to figure out how to get better in the Premier League because my rebuild is in absolute freaking shambles. Uh, because of all the decisions that were made so in 2023. But, but I've been very busy. Um, I've been in school, working, family stuff. But I, I'm I'm trying to get back into this. I'm trying to get my voice heard in the in the Fancy Premier League and the Forever League. But just got busy with life. Really, I hear you. Ever since the playoffs started, really, it's been like this. I had like
0: this mad dash. But that's that's the grind that we're all in, you know. Oh, we all totally. get families. Yeah, we're it all, just so happened to coincide before.
1: with the playoffs, where I got completely just not blindsided, but just I just got the floor wiped, or I just you know Luke just wiped the floor with me, and then so I spent the first two weeks of the playoffs just getting my ass kicked, and then finally was able to to uh, beat Daniel and, and get like one redeeming you know, 7th place victory. But it was it was brutal, man. It was one of the worst experiences. Like, I got to be honest with you. Um, and a well, lot of it Jay, was my doing. Jake, Jake,
0: Jake, I'm sorry. I got to interrupt you here. Go ahead. You know, Chuck and Jeff have this amazing trade to talk about. And yes, All you yes. can talk about is how brutal the hey, year was. But on top asked of that, you on. have no pitching keepers. And I'm sitting here with Chris Sale and, like, Give me a minuscule offer and we've got a deal. We've we're done this before, air.
1: Jason. We've been down this road. I can't give you my you know, eighth round draft pick for Chris Sale. I need that pick. Okay, let's go back okay. to these
0: guys' trade. Uh, Chuck, Kramer and Chuck
1: I thought your keepers were looking so good before this trade already. So my first thought with this trade was... Like not not that they didn't not that they're not awesome now Let, because let's it's announce R. this trade
0: let's announce okay, the trade okay. so let's put the names have, out there so hey Jeff do you want to announce this? Sure, I'd be glad to. Okay. So, um, bad Country gets the rights to Juan Soto, Noelvey
2: Marte, Brian Bello, and Cade Horton. Now he's an NA guy in our league, and uh, that's kind of cool get to that later. And then I received from backcountry, and I'm 108 stitches, just call me stitches,
0: <laughs>
2: Trout. Um, so Mike Trout, Blake Snell, Edward Diaz, and Tyler Black, another NA guy. So
0: it was a big blockbuster trade there. There's a lot of names. There's eight names. There, there. there a is. There's, name from you. There's a I lot called that
1: Seriously, how many of these names have run through Jason at Well
0: I can tell you I thought about this last night. So you guys want another fun stat? Let's let's take the NA's out. Let's talk about the six players. Trout, Diaz, Snell, Soto, Marte, and Bayo. I can tell you five of these six players have been through me at least once, if not multiple times, in my team in the Premier League. Can you guys name the one player that has never been a cutter?
3: Out of that,
2: Soto? I say Soto. Maybe Edwin Diaz. I don't
0: know. So, know. Final answer is Soto? Marte. Marte, okay. Uh, I'm going to say Noel v. Marte. Okay. I'm gonna have fun with this guy. So so here's the thing, you're all wrong. So by a technicality, I own Juan Soto because he was my first ever pick in the fantasy Premier League, whom I then turned around and flipped to Bird Law immediately in my deal for Garrett Cole. The name that I've never touched or owned is Edwin Diaz. Uh I, but good guesses, guys.
2: You are full of history lessons. I love that.
0: <laughs> My two
1: thoughts with this trade was number one, like backcountry's list of keepers was already like off the charts good. Okay, and then this happens, and I'm like, okay, so I'm assuming he's keeping all these guys, right? That you know the those those two guys, and I had to ask, like, you're I'm assuming he's keeping Marte and and. So
0: this is failed. a good question.
1: And Do then my, my second the thought question. was, as as much as I love Juan Soto, if I'm Jeff, I'm taking this trade because it just, I mean, it's like you're getting a, a basically an ace, a great outfielder, or, you know, it, I, great is an understatement and in Mike Trout, and then you're getting a, an elite closer. So, you know, as much as I covet Juan Soto, I'm taking this trade. So, so, from
3: my perspective, I was having issues, right? Because I don't know if I was going to keep Edwin Diaz. Um, okay. I picked him up at the end of the season as a free agent, just someone to have to use for ammunition in the off season. Maybe sure. keep it, maybe not. Um, when Yahoo did their pre-rankings, I was hoping Diaz was going to be ranked higher sure. than
1: Trout and Snell, so that way I could keep, you know, yep. Snell, Valdez, and
3: lose maybe Mike Trout and Edwin Diaz. Yep. That didn't happen So I, I was talking with Jeff yesterday I'm like I don't know who I'm going to keep Between Edwin Diaz and Gavin Williams So That's when he presented me with the offer So Diaz I don't know if I was ever going to keep him
1: so right, does so this a, so, a, so this allowed you to keep one other player that maybe was on the outside looking in? Gavin, Gavin Williams. Gavin Williams. Yeah. All right. And okay. That answers and that question. Now
0: hold on. Come on. Come on. For the listening audience, Chuck, you're from what region of the country?
3: I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, baby.
0: Yeah. So you are yeah. a you are a Cleveland Guardians fan.
3: So yes, I've been following Gavin Williams for a while now, and I'm definitely, I guess, what you would call a believer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I am too. So, but I want to hear more about with this trade, Chuck. I'm assuming Nuervy Marte and Brian Bayo are like your six, seven with Gavin Williams as your last three keepers.
3: So Bayo is an insurance policy. If one of my pitchers gets hurt, I'm going to keep him, or if I end up um, making a deal. So right now, my keepers are looking like Naylor at first. Marte at second. Mm -hmm. Xander Bogarts at shortstop, who will be on the market as soon as Jackson Holliday is called up. Uh, Marte at third. Juan Soto at left. And then pitching wise, I have Framber Valdez still, uh, Gavin Williams, and Christian Aveir. Wow. So, I, I mean, even with the trade, I feel super confident. And you know, you don't often get a chance to get a guy like Juan Soto his yeah. first year at Yankee Stadium. So,
0: I mean, it's a contract like, year too, so you know he's going to go max effort. And
1: you got younger, you know you you got younger, which is another thing that just makes me fear you even more, Chuck. You got you you got yes, more don't listen young this talent. guy.
0: He is such an ageist. I am he got younger he just because of Mike trout throw Mike trout out how's how's he getting younger He he's got he's more force,
2: dude.
3: Cade Horton look up Cade Hort that dude is a monster
0: this is what I'm saying he, Jason
1: he's uh, he is gonna be a what do you stuck. mean he what do you mean he's got Bayo here who is like
0: Bayo Bale, I mean, Bale Bale debuted in 2022
3: Bayo is not a keeper I know. He's trying to say –
0: he's trying to argue on air that you got younger with the trading. You did. You did. You traded Trout away. But Jeff, this is no slight to you. Don't worry. You're not going to be father time with this deal, Okay, You still got youth on your side. Oh, I'm okay.
1: This (laughs) is father time himself speaking right now. So you know that what I'm saying is true. Mike Trout –
0: Is only 32 years old and with his profile. With his profile, are you
1: sitting here trying to tell me that he's still got his legs under him after all the crap that he's gone through? Can't even play because his calf is literally falling apart. I'm sorry, do you guys know what you're getting into?
0: Anyone, do you guys know what you're getting into by coming on air? I
1: love it. Ah. All right, let's hear from Jeff a little bit Jeff, tell me what this trade does For the makeup of your team Tell us about your keepers a little bit Yeah,
2: sure Uh, Your intro of the trade You you said half of what I was uh, thinking So you were spot on there But uh, I was not sitting easy With some of the maneuvers I had made um, To get myself into the point I was yesterday Which was uh, weak and those are still weak. But my keepers were also weak. I had a back-end keeper problem. And um, I, I actually was getting ready to throw some egg on my face. And because of that fellow trade with Jason, I realized I wanted Tanner Scott instead of fellow as my last keeper. And I was just getting ready to say, I just gave up three spots in the first round for no reason. But then I was able to start to think Jason got us together and I was trying to see how I could get it out of all of this mess in my opinion of this mess um, and I was able to recap um, value out of the Noel Bay Marte trade that I made three years ago with Jason to move back in the draft so that <laughs> was part of something and then I got to use the bellow part after all so I felt better about that. So I didn't lose value in that trade either. And then I bundled it all together together to uh, balance out and strengthen my core eight. And I think I did that in a big way. If you look down my keepers roster now that I posted last night, it's strong.
1: And Jay, you mentioned it. I think it's strong. It makes me have a chance to. Yeah, and I used a strong word with Blake Snell. I I use the word ace, and I I I don't use it lightly. But when you, in terms of, there are only so many of these guys, right?
0: There are only so many hold of these on. elite pitchers, for, and for he's on the he's on the. Oh, on. the uh, we have not threshold. gotten to our starting pitcher preview, and I'm sorry to shatter your dreams, Jeff and Jabe. Blake Snell is not an ace. He is a top-tier pitcher. This is a relative term. Okay. The, okay. Well, define when ace. I, well, he, he's, I, he is my ace. See? Okay. That's I, like what I'm saying. I like that. I like just that. Just like
1: Zach Wheeler is my ace. He's not the very best, but he's, when he's your best pitcher, you can feel okay about that. You can feel good about that.
0: I, I like I that. I feel like even this.
1: better about Snell probably than Zach Wheeler just because I'm an ageist. Can I ask Jason a
0: question? So yeah, uh, just
3: smell hate rooted in the Shane Bieber for Blake Snell trade? Is that is that why you don't like him? No.
0: Yeah, Jason. No, 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 no. That's a good point. That's a really you good point. You drafted ragged. Blake Snell last I, you year, know, right? For every like great move I make, I've got two two moves that people can heckle me on. It's okay, Chuck. I'll eat crow on that one. You know, and I I came to you. I think I remember. I was at my daughter's gymnastics class last year. When I was texting you about that deal, I, I did not know the wheels were going to fall off Bieber's tire like that. That yeah. wasn't a whiskey trade? That was a gymnastics
1: trade? It was a gymnastics trade. Okay, Gymnastics, yeah. man. Gymnastics. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I mean, my knock on Blake Snell has always been the whip being – Oh. You know, to call him an ace and then to have the whip as it the was. Blake... But that has gotten better, so I have to eat crow. I have to just say, like, I was wrong. Like
0: The thing with Blake Blake Snell, here. though, I think you guys will probably all agree with me. He's, first of all, we're playing in terms of keepers, so we're not really investing based on his peaks and valleys. But, you know, in re draft, when you're talking about drafting Snell, you want to draft him when the value is low and sell him when the value is high. So, I mean, I think Blake Snell is, a, is an awesome, you know, starting pitcher. And Jeff, I'm glad you got, you feel like you got an upgrade to your rotation. I just wanted to clarify for the audience, and this is not sour grapes over a trade that I totally lost. I just don't see Blake Snell as an ace. I see him more as a, a fringe SP1, SP2. Can
3: I address your audience on that real quick? Please, please. All right, so as a Blake Snell owner last year, right, um, there were 12 games where he gave up zero runs and struck out at least nine hitters. I mean,
1: exactly. you
3: can't ask for much more out of the first pitcher you draft. That's
1: right. You know, yeah. he's going to
3: have regular guy games every now and then, but he's also going to provide those those games where it's just like, wow what is happening
0: yeah yeah hey chuck i i love those stats do you think Blake Snell is motivated though because last year was a contract year
3: um i think he's motivated in his rap career i heard he started a little league team in seattle um i don't i don't i don't know his his background very well in terms of motivation um
0: What I do know is – I'm just having to speculate. It sounds to me like he's an on-year, off-year, on-year, off-year and the contract year going into – I think the
3: value you could draft him at in a redraft league right now because everyone's – no one knows where he's going, right? And he is a two-time Cy Young winner who had 2.1 ERA after starting pretty – I mean he had a bad start last year, right? That's why you got rid of him. Um, so he, he corrected exactly. all that. I think, I think the value about. is high in this trade.
2: Go ahead. In this trade, um, the the biggest chip by far, in my opinion, was soda. So um, I was trying to grab as much value as humanly possible for that big chip. And I was willing to take on every question mark that goes with the value. Because I'm just grabbing for value. If you've seen my keepers beforehand, they were crummy at the end. And uh, so I was willing to take on Blake Snell. You know, there's a month of the season where he goes absent. You're like,
0: what the hell did I get Blake Snell for? And then Edwin Diaz coming off of the injury, the Achilles. So... I had to take on every question mark. They are all questions. the value. Hey, like, look, look, look the value came we're, from. we're we're splitting hairs here. The the thing, my my take on this is, you guys both did great. This really is. I agree. You don't see a lot of these trades, but this is a win win trade for both teams. And um, yeah, I, and I will say, driving that- this podcast, it's it's our it's my job to be a contrarian and to split hairs. Blake Snell is a very polarizing player. I've been on both ends
1: with him. I just now I'm like a more of a believer. I used to be way, I used to be out on the outside with Blake Snell to the extreme. Like I was like, I will never draft this guy, but I am, I have come around in a big way.
0: My worry with him is he's going to get a mega contract on a team that does not develop or coach their pitching well. And you're gonna see the bad side of baseball that you don't. Well, see.
1: that's a that's a that's a valid theory. That I think that's that's very valid. I will say too that Bayo is one of the few players. Speaking of value, he's one of the few remaining like starting pitchers that are out there that a team like myself might be looking for as my eighth keeper. I hear you, Jay. Okay, there's a short list. <laughs> It's and it's like him, Why
0: you Jordan, and my I, I
1: bail. You know, and well, i you, I you, you are one of the others. easier was. to trade with, Jason,
0: right? Exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, uh, there's one more thing I do want to say about this trade. Um, all the players we talked about, there's one player who I feel like is the biggest steal of this trade, and I don't think it swings it one way or the other. But Jeff, I think you acquiring Edwin Diaz may turn out to be the biggest steal from this trade. Because, you know, how soon we forget how great he was in 2022. And I really do feel like, like we alluded to earlier before you guys came on, he has a lockdown relief pitcher. Um, And so for all the question marks that I'm giving you your way with Snell... You're answering that with Edmundo Diaz, mm-hmm. so I just want to—I want to compliment you on that. Yeah, well, I appreciate that,
2: and um, going out and getting a big-time closer like that uh, allows me to play different ways. I can now have the ability to control the saves category against any given, given opponent, and if I want to add a back-end saves guy like Justin or again a laying or whatever yeah i can supplement it and not supplement it depending on who i'm playing so i can control that category a little bit better and it gives me more playing ideas of how to beat my opponent it gives me more options
1: as well as the strikeout category when you have a reliever that throws as many strikeouts as a starter it gives you a leg up in that category as well yeah whip too whip exactly
0: so what do you guys got going on this morning? All right. Can I answer that one? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Well, I've got a Monster Kids
2: games schedule today. Up to five games starting, starting at 9 a.m. in a town not here, so soon I have to get off. Air, but and then it ends at 9 p.m. Up in your neck of the woods in Westfield. Wow. soccer. So basketball, basketball, soccer, soccer, (laughs) basketball. Wow. I have three kids, and one of them, if she wins, she goes to the championship game, and that's at noon. And then I have a son that plays basketball at one, and then a son that plays soccer uh, at two and seven p.m. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a busy sports day. I love sports, so I'm good with all
0: of that. And that's my family time for the day. I'm Absolutely. Glad, so I'm glad you're finished. telling us this, Jeff. I, I hope that you have a wonderful day. It sounds like a lot. Uh, <laughs> but that that's just the life of having kids and family. You know, uh, congratulations, Jeff, though. You're just being a proud dad. That, that's so awesome. That is awesome. Well, thank you. Yes. And. Chuck, you're, you're an aspiring father too, aren't you? Yeah. You, you ready for this shit? No. <laughs> <laughs> you sure? I have a nice
3: little Saturday, maybe go to Home Depot. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
0: that <crazy> <laughs> hey, that's a reference from what movie? Old school. <laughs> right? Old school. Yes. Yeah. Just,
1: just get that yeah. credit card from Home Depot, and I don't know, maybe <laughs> that's where you open that big line of credit and just. Oh, God. Just get everything you want. Is no, this show sponsored by Home Depot? I I hope we hope <laughs> no no we are at the point.
0: This show by, is sponsored no, by Badgerzilla at this point. So, we <laughs> right, we're we're working our way towards Home Depot, Jack. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, we'll get there. Um you guys I'm going to give you guys free form you you guys are amazing listeners to our show regularly and we so appreciate it. not only competing against you guys but you guys following our podcast is there anything on air that you guys want to discuss or talk about or any questions that you guys well, have I thought I got the invite to come on today because more than once I claimed I was your number one fan in
1: fact why well absolutely and I think that buys you more airtime beyond today um, throughout 2024 and we've I've always said that I want more like regular contributions from all the owners in this league and then branching out into the other league as well. Um, so yes I, I hope this is the first of many appearances by both of you guys. We uh, appreciate the opportunity from the Fantasy
2: Baseball advocates. you guys are running a great show. I enjoy listening and learning. Uh, you guys give me a lot of good information. You do and, all
1: that extra digging for us. And we just take your ideas from Iron we 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 talked about this earlier that, Jeff, you're like a little bit newer to Fantasy Baseball. And in the beginning of you joining our league, I would not have thought that. Because you were just like all in, oh, yeah. and you were talking so much smack, which you, which you told us was that you were intentionally doing yeah. and adding to your game. Because you, we, you know, little did I know that you were a seasoned fantasy sports veteran, but not necessarily baseball. But man, you came in guns a blazing, Jeff, and I, you changed that. You guns set blazing. our league on fire. in in a similar way that Jason did. Just with your own flair, but but you, I feel like you set our league on fire, to the way that Jason did with all of his trades and transactions. Well, I apologize if I stepped on any toes on the way. To- Dude, I you thought don't, it was don't great, apologize. Jeff. This yeah. is Jeff. This is my. Yeah. That was my introduction to you. Like that's how I got to know you. And I thought I would have thought that you were just the biggest smack talker in the world. Yeah, but Jason- and I loved it, and I thought it was great for our league because. Just in general, like we've have a lot of established owners, we have a lot of longtime owners, and it, it gets a little stale after a while. It's like an old married couple, you know. It's like that we had like the seven year itch, and then we brought Jason and Jeff in, and and Chuck and everybody else, and it's just
0: completely revitalized our league. I mean, this is a good. Uh, th- these are some good points you're making, Jay. N- not points to be forgotten, but. I also want to say, Jeff. I I did introduce you to our audience before you guys were even on air. I uh, basically said that you know what, if you were a you are a fantasy baseball position player, you would be a closer, hands down. Because uh, you you hey, just why don't you <laughs> ask, do you electric. That's a good question for him, but yeah, that's a good I mean, you can be a bit erratic at times, but most of the time, right, yeah. you're throwing gas and, and nobody it's, before anyone knows what's going on. It's controlled
1: chaos. It's, what do we call that? Yeah. Organized <laughs> chaos. And, and I loved your point there. I just wanted to add spice to the league. Uh, I think it makes it better. You um, absolutely did so. That. So it's all in fun
0: every single time. I also want to say something I haven't said before. Chuck, the first year I was in the league, I I took over this dog shit team. It's the worst roster I've ever seen.
1: What what name was it? What was the name again?
0: I don't remember. Hoosier or something. No, no, it wasn't. Was it Harvey's
1: Wallbangers? Maybe. Harvey's Wallbangers. Something that, with
0: was name? that your... I don't know. Anyway, Chuck, you were first... Place that year, you didn't win. Luke won that year. It was 2019, but I remember seeing you, and you were for like first place by a lot. And I, I thought, like, whoa, this league's—I mean, first of all, this dog shit roster is like insane, and you were sitting up there at the top. And so, but before I ever got to know you, I was like, I, "Man, like this guy, this guy knows what he's doing." I saw. I don't remember who was on your roster. I, I drafted
3: Cunha at sixteen overall that year. Oh, after okay, there you go. Like I already had Mike Trout.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: Um,
3: so yeah, it was it was a good year, and then I just. With, you know, Anakin, what Jeff yeah. did best here in the forever league It's just you could have the best team And then you get to the playoffs And man it's 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 a crapshoot I,
1: I have said that before That the guys that get you there Are not the guy, And I learned this lesson from Jake He's the one that I can't say I came up with this on my own But the guys that get you there Are not typically the guys who win you the playoffs Nope, You have to yep. shift and move Chuck, what, tell us a little bit about your fantasy background and remind me, how long have you been in the Premier League? So I joined the Premier League, I think, in
3: 2013 or 2014. Oh, my
1: gosh. See, and I made it sound like you god 10 years. So, yeah, I was working with, with Luke. Um, yes. And we, would, we
3: were just talking baseball because we would have to walk the kids from the middle school to the elementary school, which is, like, half a block down the road for, like, a combined parent pickup thing. And every day we would talk baseball, and I was kind of nudging him, like, if you get an opening, dude, let me in this league. And, uh, yeah, eventually, eventually, it all worked out. So I did fantasy football when I was a kid. I've, I've done baseball since probably 2008, 2009. Okay, yeah. Uh, just random leagues until I got into the Premier League, and then I've been a loyalist.
0: You guys remember when Kerry Wood was closing in back in 2008? I was going to bring that up at the beginning when you were the, talking about the, uh, and the Carlos Marmol situation. I mean, yes. Fancy Baseball forever grateful to him because of the Marmol yeah. strategy. Yeah. Yeah, Chuck, you. Uh, Kosuke Tifudome. Oh, really? Oh, yes. you know, it's hard to get that Marmol strategy to actually work. I mean, to get it in play and running. I've done it, I've tried a few. It worked for me back in 2010. You can't do it anymore. Yeah.
1: Now I'm remembering the sliders. Oh my god, the sliders. Who you know has the only. I'm thinking of Danelson Denelson is like the only guy that I can think of that throws that many sliders, and that dude can't even make it in the in the major leagues right now.
0: Well, he didn't have a second pitch.
1: Did yeah. his arm fall off or what? I think yeah, so. A couple yeah. times it fell off, and then he came back, and but just just could not be effective. And it's like if you can just not swing at that slider. Cool. But Chuck, so you honest. Chuck, you're you are the you are like the brainchild of this league. You have made more smart moves than, and I mean, I I, I gotta. There's there's plenty of other names I can mention there, but you have just continued to get if it was possible better and better in this league and i just i you know i feel like i've been copying jason's moves for the last couple years i feel like i need to start copying your moves a little bit more. Moneyball, baby
3: just try to moneyball it you know like think of like the and
1: big picture extracting value that's what i was yeah. gonna say that is what you have continued to do like with all of your trades it just seems like you just keep getting better and better
3: Oh. Yeah, like, even with the Juan Soto deal yesterday, there was a point where I was like, I'm not going to do it. I even texted Jeff. Jeff. I was like, nope. And um, when I was thinking about it, like, if I do make the move for Juan Soto, like, let's say I am out of it come July, like, there is that option of trading him for extreme value. Like, he's going to be extremely valuable at some point in July. Sure. So, I think you know, so. You've got to of the next move before you make yes, the first move. You know that's what I was going to.
0: Yeah. The, the, guys, Sorry, guys, real quick, I need to go, so I just want to say thank you for the opportunity. Thank you again. for coming on. And um, I am thanks. And one more thing. Chuck is still should
2: be all of our heroes because he won both the Forever League and oh, the Premier God. League in the same year. That's I mean, right. Thanks for acknowledging
0: that. Chuck. You won a few side pots that year too, didn't you? Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: And you that took all that money and went to Home Depot, it sounds like <laughs> and spent it all on home nice improvement. Little Saturday. You keep the coffee. Keep it up,
3: guys. I'm out of
1: here. See you, Jeff. Bye, Jeff. You, Jeff. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah, uh, it's just uh, us and Chuck. We've been Chuck has been um we've been talking to him for a long time about and it is I'm so glad you brought up how long you've been in the league because it, it's just – I feel like me getting to know you has been such a slow process that yeah, I had forgotten that you'd been in our league that long. I was going to think it was like five years, ten years.
3: Yeah. It's it's crazy to think about. Like it doesn't feel like it's been that long. But I feel like with fantasy, like sometimes it takes a while for those relationships to develop, you know, like – sure. At
0: some point, we're just dudes, like, messaging each other about random trades. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that's know. an everyday yes, thing. Yes, we are. Hey, Chuck, I want to steal a little bit of your air time here. So, like, you know, this, we picked relievers this week for a reason because, you know, we're going to start with the vast outfield our next podcast. So there's going to be a lot of preparation for that and then subsequently starting pitching. Um, right. We hit down. i I I like identified J as well as identified fifty relievers. Now we talked about different formats, different strategies. Um but we're gonna continue this RP podcast and finish it on like a combo like RP and just the start of like outfield uh because this interview has been so great but you know i don't want to be on there for two hours so but right. chuck what i want to what i want to get out with you is before we got you on we covered two groupings of pitchers ones that we call lockdown rp1 and one that we call rp1 with results so you know obviously things are fluid things could change but the way i looked at it Edwin Diaz, Joanne Duran, Devin Williams, Emmanuel Classe, Pete Fairbank, Josh Hader. No specific ranking there. They right. belong in that top group, lockdown RP ones. And then I've got Excuse me. Andres Munoz, Ryan Hesley, Evan Phillips, Tanner Scott, Rice Holly David Bednar, Camilla Duvall, Jordan Romano, and Clay Holmes in the RP one with real results. So basically, I would feel comfortable with any of those guys uh, as my relief pitcher One in any format, really. I'm going to throw this question back at you. Would you feel the same way? And if so, like, also, second question, how many of these guys would you want?
3: So I think I think at the top I'd have Hader right now uh, just because him going to the Astros is super exciting.
1: Um, that's a hot take. I love that.
3: And in Class A, he scares. Me. As a Guardians fan, he scares me.
0: I agree there. 100%. He's, he's
3: been he's been slipping a little. Yeah. And that
0: There's someone that's gonna take his volume away, though. Anyone that's gonna no, no, it's job? Like
3: gonna be there, but his his sink. I think he throws like a his big thing when he came up was he threw uh, a 98 mile per hour splitter. Along with a 102 mile an hour fastball. Mm -hmm. I think his velocity has been down and I think he's lost movement on those pitches.
0: Yeah, that's the scary thing. I'm so glad you said that, Chuck. It's we, I keep hammering it in. It's not about, it's not always not about velocity. It's about, you know, how much break is is on these pitches, you know, because that's why Dylan Money played out. Like, um, he was able to throw heat, but it was on a flat plane, like it was a meatball. You saw it coming. There was no movement. And I brought
1: up the jump in in Class A's numbers in his uh, peripheral stats, and the fact that his strikeout rate is not nearly as high as these other guys. It's he's he's throwing one K an inning, which is great. Yeah,
0: but it's awesome. not. Edwin Diaz doubles that. You know? right. Until Cleveland gets a guy that I'm worried is going to take his job, though, I'm not ready to take him out of that group. Sure. I mean, I He's just – He's
1: 100 percent exclusively a closer. You know, But what
3: happens when they deal him to the Dodgers? Like, let's – OK. Let's play –
0: Yeah, let's do it.
3: Guardians are out of contention in July. They deal him to the Dodgers. Is he going to be the closer? Is he going to be a setup guy? It
0: doesn't like- matter. And I'm glad you said that. He, he goes to the Dodgers. In my opinion, his value increases because that's one of the five teams that I said knows how to do stuff with pitchers. So fine. Give Klaase but- get and Ar- now if you're in, not in the whole league, then yeah, his value dropped big time. But in whole league for the Dodgers, sure. I mean. His he was never the his ratios have been getting worse. His strikeouts aren't desirable, but they're not bad. They're they're adequate. If he went to the Dodgers in that deal, his holds would go up. They would probably fix whatever's going on with him, which I have a feeling he's just had too much of a workload over the last three years. So yeah, he reduces innings from seventy-two, which Jay Jay said earlier, so fun- so funny, he had 72 and two-thirds innings like two years in a row. I'd say if he goes to the Dodgers and they reduce his workload to 55, 60 innings, they're going to be 55, 60 innings packed with holds and better ratios.
3: I Terry mean, Francona would send him out when they were down 2-1 in the ninth, like on the road. Or like it was just he – he made some questionable calls with Class A, like sending him out – a lot of times when he didn't really need to.
1: Yeah, I don't... It, it It is. It's a weird situation, like, and I said, like, I wonder if, like, he had, like, if he went over 73 innings, was he going to get some kind of bonus? Because they <laughs> capped him off right there, but... Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know what it would do to the guy's head to uh, put him out
0: there in those situations, but... Chuck, I want to get your opinion. What... What, what are your thoughts on Clay Holmes? Do you think he's strong enough to be considered an RP1 in most leagues? So I have a little emotional
3: tie to, to Clay Holmes um, back uh, before he was good. Yeah. Um, I didn't like him. So I have this thing where once I write someone off, I don't really revisit that very often. So I haven't really revisited it since then. I think I owned him – in the Forever League when he got good and I traded him to uh, your good buddy, The Finest. <laughs> and he, he, I mean, I think he gave, I think that was part of a Corey Seager deal. Oh, I, I think it was Clay Holmes in a like third round pick for Corey Seager. Wow. Which now, hell yeah, it's a great deal. But at the time I was like,
0: um, I thought it was a deal back then. Too. Can you confirm that? He traded... A third round, he traded I can for Clay Holmes in a third round pick, which for a listening audience isn't a traditional third round pick, that's like an uh, average draft positional player position in, in like the one team. Still the wanted a
1: closer bad.
0: He traded well, Seager for his
3: that. ERA, and I mean, his ERA might have been like 0. 0.9 yeah and his yeah. whip was like 0. 0.5 Yeah. This was probably two or three years ago. Um and it was I mean yeah. he it, he was just running it.
1: Yeah, we saw a little regression from twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three with with him. His his ER or his whip was right around one in twenty twenty two and it went up to one point one seven in twenty twenty three. Um ERA jumped up a little bit. He had twenty four
0: saves and five holds last year. That was a great buying opportunity, Chuck. There's a ballpark like thing there where, like,
3: he's closing at Yankee Stadium. Is he still closing?
0: Yeah, he's listed. If you look at roster resource, he's listed as your closer. And I don't think there's anybody else there that's going to take that job from him. And he didn't do bad last year. He did good. Um, looking at Jay's stats here, uh, he's thrown... He doesn't have the workload concerns that you got a guy like Class A. He's thrown sixty three and two thirds and sixty three in back to back years. His whips are less than one point two, which, as I said, what what a goal is. Um, and he's got a little over a strikeout per inning. So he, I feel like he's got a solid floor Yeah, I mean, do you trust him? Would
3: you? Would you? That's trust what I'm saying. He's him.
0: I'm glad you asked that. He is the last reliever I would trust to be my relie- my, my best relief pitcher.
1: To get results. Yeah. He's yeah. on your last name. Again, He's the last name again, on your names, second group. Grouping.
0: These names are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 names. Okay. Out of 16 names of all of baseball, There's only 16 names that I would feel comfortable and adequate as my relief pitcher. One, no, I'd say I wouldn't be excited, but I would be comfortable with Clay Holmes being the 16th guy.
2: Well, yeah,
3: I mean, who's seven? Who's 17?
1: Who's 18? So that Um, gets into his fireman category
0: of. Well, I would go to RP2. You're looking at guys like. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, okay. Kinley nice. Johnson, Ryan Presley, Paul Seawald, Adbert so, Alzheimer. Let me ask you this. When it comes to Clay Holmes, right, and he – yeah. so you have an option of, of drafting
3: him or you have an option of drafting a starting center fielder, say. Um, and like for me, my immediate thought would be get the starting center fielder and
0: just punt saves. I think a lot of it depends on your team needs and where you're at in the draft table. Like, can you get a guy like, uh, let's say, Jaron Duran or Jung-Hoo Lee or, you know, to a guy that is probably being ranked... Well, I shouldn't say. Jung-Hoo Lee is... That's going to be an interesting one for a different show, but but he's uh, just coming over and not a lot of people know about him. But, like, let's say Jaron Duran. He's ranked way too low. I think he's got a chance to a breakout season, but you can get him later in the draft. No, Chuck, to answer your question, I wouldn't be gunning to draft Clay Holmes. He would just have to fall to me, and I would have to have a need for yeah. what he wants.
3: I, think, I feel like I would just be like – at that point, I would be like, you know what? I'm going to
0: – I mean, I would probably rank – I would probably ring Robert Stevenson ahead of him, especially with the cutter that the Rays helped him develop last year. Uh, but he went to the Angels, and the Angels—I mean, he's the Angels aren't going to get as many. Sa- I, the other thing that's holding Clay Holmes up for me is I feel like the Yankees are going to get a lot more wins this year, and so I, I do think that he's going to have thirty-plus saves if he stays in that job.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point, Chuck. I think if you, you go to Jason's next grouping of players and you've got, if you could wait one more round and draft Paul Seawald, or I don't know. I, I
0: guess I would it's, say I would say I don't know. It's, it's getting to that point. It's getting to that to point. where you're like, i got to have an RP1 by now. So I think, Chuck, would you agree with me if we, all three of us, concluded to say we've talked about a lot of relievish here? You better have your first relief pitcher by the time Clay Holmes comes up. Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't, (laughs) he's probably
1: your last chance. You may as well just maybe punt it in.
3: If if you're stuck with Clay Holmes, there's this website. I I think it's called like the Closer Report. And it kind of shows you the guys who like might fall out of contention as closers. um, And and who the top guys who would replace him are. Have you guys ever followed that site?
0: Uh, is it closer monkey or it might be
3: closer monkey? I've looked but, at Monkey. I, I follow for sure.
0: a lot of like line graphs and pitcher lists and for stuff with pitching. Um, but I have probably seen it. I can't say for sure. But I do like when they kind of is they, it the one that has like the committee next the in line security yeah. committee? Yeah, I've seen yeah, that. Like I do, it's or it's or it. a useful tool. I just forget what what's the source. I think it's.
3: Closing report.
0: Let me check. There's a couple of them. There, there's a couple of them. Um, did you? Did you? Yeah. I was gonna say, why are we checking this? We really probably should wrap this show up. Um, going an hour and a half. Man, this is gonna be fun. I mean, you read your to. whole list of. RPs
1: well, with results. Did you well, read your RP2 list? No, I didn't.
0: I think we should get to that in a, a next Lows podcast. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we need Th- a whole other podcast tool. about relievers? No, crap, no, 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 no. No, we need to wrap this up and then start outfield. That's what we'll end up doing or something like that. All right. But, I mean... Let's not let's not take the shine away from this podcast. You know, our listeners got to know Chuck and then Jeff, and you know, this has been great having you on, Chuck. We really yeah, appreciate agree. it. I, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, best. I hope you have a good weekend. Enjoy the rest of your fatherless days. It's. <laughs> it's a joy trust me being a a dad I I would not want it taken away from me for the world but a lot of stress coming your way it's worth it That's we just have to say yeah alright Chuck we're going to sign off you want to sign off with us yeah sounds good alright so this is Jason I'm Jay and our special guest this is Chuck thanks for listening guys Be well. well.